Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me once again is the glorious League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you today? We live in a world where Clint Gutherson is in the New South Wales squad. It is a sad day for Mother Earth. What the hell happened to us? I wonder if we'll win State of Origin with Clint Gutherson. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this, this is this is bad because if that happens, we might have to stop the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, what if, right? What if he gets called into the squad? Because, you know, they've only got about 14 different fullbacks in that squad and he kills it like he's the new Wally Lewis. Right, we'll ease up a bit there. Maybe he can be the <laughs> he can be the next Kirk Gidley. Well, it's just the next Stuart Kelly would be enough for me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, what if he comes out and has an absolute ball terror? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be funny. But we're you know. we're we're men. We'll come out and we'll say we just got it wrong, but we won't stop bashing him either. Speak for yourself. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, today we're going to cover a few things. So, obviously, there's been a few changes to the uh, New South Wales origin side, Mm -hmm. if you hadn't kind of guessed already, with Clint Gutherson and Ryan Madison have both been named on the extended interchange. Um, Not too sure why or whether they're going to get used. Um, Madison makes complete sense. I'm actually surprised he wasn't in the 17, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've said before, he just... You can put him in the back, so he can be part of the forward rotation. That's to me is just perfect for Origin. Yeah. Um, Clint Gutherson was named, um, and all jokes aside, uh, I don't understand why because there's there's a plethora of backs in that side already, and as you said, we've got a number of players who can play both fullback and five eighth, which are the two positions Gutherson plays. Um, you know, you've got White and White and playing in the centre, so he's been playing at six all year for Canberra. So I don't know why they'd have him on the extended bench. I would have put a prop on there, given that they're short on props. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, even if you look at the back line and you say, look, they're trying to cover some, if they have back line injuries, um, I don't know that you'd want somebody that you'd bring in as an extra fullback or a winger. I would kind of be looking at the centres. And my guess is that obviously there's some sort of issue with Latrell Mitchell that they... and then you've got Morris, who they dropped, and it's kind of weird to drop a player and then make them fly over to Perth and be part of the squad. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, I've got no idea why they would look at Gutherson. Um, my thoughts on Gutherson as a player are pretty well documented at this stage. And, yeah, it's very strange to me. But, you know, th- there's a lot of... There's a lot of noise surrounding the New South Wales team, and it's really weird because Queensland is just cruising along. You're not hearing anything about them. You're not hearing like a big media kerfuffle about the Queensland squad or anything. They're just going about their business. And meanwhile, New South Wales, it seems to be... I don't know, not a, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, what the hell, man? How did it get to this point so quickly? It's chaotic. And this is the thing is even... Even with the madness about the coach whisper stuff going on in Origin 1, all mm. of that was only directed at Kevin Walters, and it's an mm. old Wayne Bennett ploy. Mm. Get the media talking about the coach. The yep. players don't have any pressure on them then. And yeah, right yeah. now, the pl- the pressure's not even on the coach or the players. It's no. all on New South Wales and their selections and all this and that, whatever else. Yeah. It's, we've seen it before, and it's never, it's never been a, a good ending for New South Wales when this has happened. No, it feels like, look, it kind of feels like the sort of situation where they would go into game two and just get absolutely smashed and it's like a soul-destroying loss and the sort of loss where, you know, the coach is on borrowed time, you know, that they, you know, the players start getting questions about them and things like that. Hopefully it doesn't turn out that way. Hopefully it's everything's cool and they go and win the game from a New South Wales perspective anyway. But, 
yeah, it just doesn't feel good, really, does it? No. I actually wonder, too, what will happen to New South Wales if they lose this game. Like, how many more changes are going to happen for Game 3? Mm. And then what the hell do they do for the next series next year? Because this is the one series that they saw coming up that they knew in their own mind that we should be able to win this one. We won last year. This is the one where we put our foot down and, and we go, right, this is it. We're going on a run now. Yeah. And to be this poor and this disjointed and chaotic mm. after one game, it's – and it's all their own doing. That's the thing yeah. that's dumb about it. There's there's nothing that's bad happened in the media. This is all their own doing. Yeah, and it's, it's silly things like, I mean, just like the, the half situation, if – Fittler had to come out really early on and just have said, look, Walker had a bad game and we're going to, you know, we can't go with him again, unfortunately, but we're going to have Maloney and in, 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 uh, Cleary going into game two. And if he'd done that a, a week and a half ago, it would have chilled out a lot of the issues with that. The thing with Latrell Mitchell, I mean, if they really didn't want him that badly, they could have said it a week and a half ago, and all this stuff would have been well in the past by now. Instead, it's like this short preparation. You go to a place where they haven't played Origin before in Perth, so you've got that trip over there, which is going to, you know, it's going to be something they've got to deal with. They're going to have to do a lot more press over there than I think they normally do. It's just not looking good. It's a, it's just a bad situation. It must be a bad feeling in the camp, I would guess. And I feel as though Queensland, they'll be fine. But New South Wales, there's got to be a lot of angst in that camp. And there's like all of these stories that are coming out and things. And it just doesn't seem like a good situation. Hopefully it turns out for the best. But um, I'm worried right now and on a Tuesday as we record this. So... We'll see what happens as the week goes on, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so on to more, I suppose, entertaining, exciting, mm. happy, positive mm-hmm. things. Yep. Um, we have international football this weekend. Which is awesome. I love it. It's great. We Absolutely. need more of it. Fully agree on all fronts. Um, so we've got... Uh, four international matches that are on this weekend just in the men's games. There's also mm-hmm. a few women's internationals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Friday at uh, Ringrose Park, we've got Cook Islands versus South Africa. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's a big one. No, look, the thing that I'm going to enjoy about these games, okay, especially Cook Islands versus South Africa, mm-hmm. is you're just not watch. You're not going to be watching a different version of NRL players playing against each other. You're going to be yeah. witnessing a whole heap of blokes you haven't seen play before in styles you, 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 you've got no idea what you're in for. This reminds me of what watching international footy was like back in the 80s and 90s when we didn't get to see many English or New Zealand players. And, yeah, and that was the that was the beauty of it. Like, yeah. And they didn't all play the exact same style of play. And, you know, that, that it wasn't like, oh, I know everybody on the field. You know, and and that's what is great about international footy. And I've always said this, the and this is why I don't like some of the um, eligibility rules. I want to see what a bunch of blokes from the Cook Islands how they play rugby league, and I want to see a bunch of blokes from South Africa and how they play rugby league and how it gels together and which style works and which style doesn't and the weird parts of the game. I don't want the, I don't want to know what's coming up. I it, like I want to not know what's coming up. And so that's what's so great about some of these international games. You've got no idea what's going to be happening. And the Cook Islands versus South Africa, I mean, what the hell happens there? I've got no idea. I think the Cook Islands will put up a pretty big scoreline because they punch above their weight. They've got some good players in that side. But um, South Africa, I've got no, no idea about them. None. That's right. And that's that's the thing that makes it exciting. So you can only go with what you know. And... What we know is we we know of some of the players on the Cook Island side, mm-hmm. um, so you tend to think Cook Islands will win this, but yeah, it's it's still going to be great to watch because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Then after that, we've got uh, a triple header on Saturday, not all at the same venue, but uh, it was 
We've got some. Um, let's have a look. I think it's Fiji versus Lebanon will be on first, at I guess. Uh, I tell, well, I tell you what. Oh, no, terms, no, no, it'll yeah. be New Zealand Tonga, won't it? Yeah, in a, yeah. At Australian time, yeah. So yeah. New Zealand Tonga will be on, I guess that's around three, two or three o'clock in the afternoon in Australia time. Mm-hmm. That's at Mount Smart. The kickoff in New Zealand is at 5.40. And then we me, get, you know what? That game there is... I'm back in Tonga. I, I Look, I've got to back Tonga as well. And I put that right up there with the State of Origin game. Like, yeah. I can't wait for this game. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, I would guess that they're probably going to get a sellout crowd there at Mount Smart for it. Absolutely. I think I, one thing I'm looking forward to that, and this is mm-hmm. going to sound weird, is I'm looking forward to seeing how much of that crowd is on Tonga's side. Remember mm. that one they played last year and they were massively in, in support of Tonga? That was yeah. insane. And it was kind of like a almost an ambush of the New Zealand team because they yeah. went into a, a home stadium and it was red. It was all red. Um, it's going to be amazing. It'll be just an incredible clash. I can't wait to see Benji Marshall playing Test Footy again. That will be fantastic. I always love watching Tal Malolo. He's he's maybe my favourite player in the NRL. Um, and yeah, this game, I, I agree with you. I think Tonga's going to win it. Yeah, I I think um, I think they're going to be playing with a lot more passion than the Kiwis are, and I think that's going to be quite a determining factor in who wins this match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when when they if they run out there and it's mostly Tongan supporters, and it's on New Zealand soil, you know they've got a great team. I mean, ta- talent wise, they're just unbelievable. I I do. I think that I think Tonga's going to win it, but we'll see. That's that's what's so great about international footy. We don't know. Absolutely. Um, Saturday, mm-hmm. another good. We've got a double header at Leichhardt Oval. Mm-hmm. Um. Fiji will play Lebanon at 5.40. Yeah. And Lebanon's had a few players, um, I think, pull out or been ruled unfit. Yeah. Um, not a huge number, just a handful. Yeah. Um, so I think the most notable ones are Mitch Moses is unavailable and... Uh, Mansour. Mansour, that's the one. He, yeah. He's been ruled un, un, you know, unavailable by the club doctor at Penrith there, yep. which he was devastated by. And I like yeah. the fact he was so devastated by it. That's fantastic. Yeah, same here. Like, he really, really wanted to play for them. And I think he's been – I actually think he's been talking about playing for them for a couple of weeks now. Mm. Um, and he he did seem truly gutted that he couldn't play for them this weekend. I think that um, – look, Lebanon will be all right. I, I expect Fiji to win that game. Um, they Fiji, should. Yeah, they really should. I mean, Fiji – have probably underperformed at international level um, for the last few years, I would say. They've got some fantastic players, but I think that they really need to start. They should be right there with Tonga in terms of the teams that are really hard to beat at international level. And I just think that they're not hitting the level that you'd expect when you look at the quality of the squad that they've got and the quality of the players in the team. Um, A Fijian backline should be just about the the best back line or the most dangerous back line in international footy. So they really should smack Lebanon in this game. But having said that, I think Lebanon's going to play better than most people expect. I, I think it's actually going to be close. I, mm. I, Fiji should win, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game because I think the problem Fiji's had is they are very attack-oriented, but mm. not so much defence. Whereas mm-hmm. this Lebanese side has a pretty solid forward pack. Mm. And I think if they can hold out Fiji early on, they may be able to frustrate Fiji into mistakes with the ball. And that mm-hmm. could be all that Lebanon needs to actually get on top. Um, yeah. I think Robbie Farah is going to be playing halfback, which given his form, giving him a little bit of space like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it could actually be a big thing for the, for the Lebanese side. Because you'll be able to control everything that's going on from the middle, and they they need that sort of direction and, and experience in the middle of the field. So I think that might be a good move if they put him there. Yeah, it should be a great move. It's a shame that Moses won't be there because you know he he plays really well for Lebanon, um, and he's going to be really dangerous. So we'll see what happens with that game. And the great thing is that, like I agree with you, I think it it's probably going to be close. But Fiji should beat them really well. But that's the thing. I I don't think it's 
it's going to be like that. And I, I do. I think Fiji's underperformed the last number of years. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can turn it around. Absolutely. Now, the final international match, and this is one I'm also looking to an awful lot, and mm. it's Papua New Guinea versus Samoa because this is mm. a real clash of styles. Yeah, that's the thing. You're going to have the um, the sort of slow, powerful consistency of Samoa up against the high-speed, high-pace, high-octane, yeah. throw, throw all your kitchen sinks at them style of the Papua New Guinea side, um, and whether they'll be able to keep that that pace up as the game wears on into the second half. Because that's that's tends to be their weakest point is after the break. They come out of the blocks all guns blazing, yeah. which is just fantastic. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in the second half of this one, if they can get in front and stay there. Uh, but I love watching yeah. Papua New Guinea play. They are fantastic to watch. And it's not going to be the, you know, the unstoppable object versus the, what is it, the immovable... <laughs> So, I don't know. Force. I haven't, yeah, force, whatever. I've had, I haven't had enough coffee for the same stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be incredible to see this game. I love the way that PNG, they come out and they'll just try and blast whoever it is. They don't care who the opposition is. They put on big hits. They run a million miles an hour. Um, I, this, I mean, I would think Samoa should probably win this game, but I, I wouldn't count out PNG. Um, they play probably with more heart and passion than any other international side. And, you know, if they can get off to a really, really good start, they're not going to make it easy for Samoa to run them down. So we'll see what happens in that game. It's going to be a really good game. Absolutely. Um, just have a look here. It looks like... looks like the teams aren't bringing over too many players from the English Super League, so... yeah. That may have a bit of an impact on the Papua New Guinea side. Yeah. Because I think they're, they're two halves of the... They're the Boas brothers. And I think they're currently playing over in England. Yeah, and a lot of the English clubs, they love the PNG players because they play with so much, you know, determination and that. I mean, if you look at the squad, Samoa should win pretty comfortably, but PNG is a completely different team. Like, it doesn't matter who they name. it's They're going to be hard to beat. And pulling on the international jumper for their team there, just just add an extra fifteen percent to their performance because they just love it so much. Yeah, yeah. And so the the interesting thing that I think we'll we'll find out about the PNG team is when they play at home, they that like they go to war. They will bash you, and it's going to be interesting to see how they get up for a game at Leichhardt Oval. Um, I'm interested to see how they they take that whole the atmosphere and, and the occasion and not being playing in front of their home fans who are like unbelievable fans. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the occasion in that sense. But yeah, I can't wait for these games. They're so exciting. Oh yeah. Hey. International footy. This is a, this is the thing. I, I look forward to this, this super Saturday of international footy every year, almost more than the second state of origin game. It's just mm. become something that is so unique and so brilliant. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a bit of a drought with international football in regards to games that Australia's not playing in. Mm-hmm. And to actually have them here and on, on TV live, um, just fantastic. We need more of it. Yeah. And I think that, look, I think that we should, when you look at these games that are on, we really should have three rep rounds set up this way. And, you know, we've talked about this before and how we would set it all up. Um, I also think that it there needs to be more done in the Northern Hemisphere with international footy. And there's a lot of talk in international circles about oh, Australia should be doing more, Australia should be doing more. Australia has... I wouldn't say that they've pushed this rep sort of concept, but they have, They have, and it's saying it, that they've allowed it to happen sounds like, oh, we're giving people this. They've made a situation where we can have these games being played. And most of these, te- and a lot of these teams, 
the players are from being played in Australia. The players are from Australian clubs, whether it be from the NRL or lower grade clubs. And so it's not like Australia is standing in the way of these these games happening. And so I think it's unfair to say Australia stops international rugby league from being played because without the Australian game making these efforts, these games would not be on this weekend at all. They just would not be played. And I th- I think it's disappointing when you look at the Northern Hemisphere that they're not playing games between England and France or, you know, uh, Wales and, and Scotland or Ireland and Scotland and any of these, these sorts of games because there should be more being done there. And I think that if Super League had a representative round like we're having this weekend, it would be a good thing for the international game overall that we have a focus on the weekend where it's like, okay, this weekend we're all playing test footy. We're all getting a chance to play more international rugby league. And I think that would also take pressure off of what we do at the end of the year. So if we have more rep rounds during the year in Australia where we're playing three weekends of international footy, you don't get to the end of the season and be like, well, this team's not playing, that that team's not playing, because we've already played so much international footy during the year. So, I mean, what do you think about all of that? Yeah, look, I've, I've long thought that England should consider scrapping Magic Weekend and for Super League games and having Magic Weekend just with international games. Yeah, You could have England, France, Wales, Ireland, Scotland. You could bring over, like, Serbia, Italy... Bring over a heap of teams. And over three or four days or two or three days there, mm. you could play seven or eight international matches at this one big venue and just have this international rugby league festival yeah. in England somewhere and occasionally have it in France and use that to both promote international football, promote the game in these countries. And that way you don't have to add this one random weird round into the English Super League. You can make it that one week shorter. Because that's just weird the way they've got it set up there. And I think it just makes more sense. The clubs can all have that one week off like we do here. You can have a ton of international footy being played. And, yeah, play it at the same weekend that we have ours here. Broadcast them live, both ends. You know, mad rugby league idiots like myself will sit there 24 hours a day and watch every (laughs) friggin' minute of it because that's what you do. It would be absolutely fantastic. You mentioned... No one else is having a, 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 a weekend where all club football is stopped mm. to focus entirely on international footy. If we did that, imagine that you could have close to, what, maybe maybe 10 or 11 international games being played in the space of two or three days. Yeah, and it would be fantastic, and it would help the international game grow and lift the standards and, and all that yeah. sort of thing. And, I like, I mean, you a concept like that, that's almost like a... You know, it's like a mini World Cup having that many international games at the one stadium would be fantastic. Um, I, that would be fantastic to see happen. I, I, I think we need to work towards something like that. Because see, the thing for me is okay. The problem that England's got at the moment is when they have their Magic Weekend, it's a bunch of Northerners get into a stadium that's not in the north. Yeah, and it's not really appealing to the people in the area. It's just dragging all of the fans. Or having to travel to somewhere else. And it's just making life difficult for everyone else. I know they they quite like it because they think it's a great idea, but I think if they had international football, we're sitting there going, instead of saying, okay, we've just got these bunch of towns that have come from the the highway in the north north of England there, we've now got rugby league from all over the world Mm. on your doorstep. Come watch it, people. It's not just something that's been played out near Huddersfield somewhere. This thing's global. Come watch it. Or you even know, if make they, it a big deal. Even if they played a weekend where it was an international rugby league nines tournament and they had their club teams involved, Super League club teams, even championship club teams, even French club teams, and Northern Hemisphere international teams, something like that, just where it's just a mix of so that you do get the Super League influence as well. But you'd have to have it so that the international side's got the number one players. They got the number one pick of whoever, and Mm. then you let club sides name their teams behind them and just throw them all in the same comp, see what happens. Like something that I 
I don't know how it's going to end. And yeah. you get to see how a bunch of dudes from Canada and how a bunch of dudes from the United States play against Hull FC in the Nines competition. Just, you know, to give them a bit more experience, you know, it, it would be something exciting and it, it opens doors. And that's what you want to see with these things. You want to see the doors being open for these international teams and being able to get behind, you know, international players so that a nation can be like, okay, forget club footy for a bit. I, I get to put all of my efforts into Fiji, you know, my Fijian side, my Tongan side. We see how people in New Zealand get behind the Tonga team and they, it's just incredible when you see those doors being opened and if it drags in people to the game, it's a good thing. And there's something the International Rugby League can give the sport that club football just cannot give, doesn't matter how hard it tries. And we need to understand that and realise that the best way to grow rugby league is to do it through the international game because you're going to involve people from around the world are going to have an interest in this. And it's more than just a club team. It's more than just a city. It's more than just a state. It's a nation competing. And we need to understand that as a sport. Yep. And the good thing is you'd have them playing in a major stadium uh, in major countries, England and Australia, mm-hmm. play them in New Zealand and France, get them on the TV, get them being played in places where a lot of the population are going to see them because that's going to help everyone. It's going to yep. help the game. It's going to help all of these nations play it's going to help them all financially. It's going to help them all in every single possible way. It makes it makes complete sense that something like this should happen. Um, so, yeah, at the current moment, we don't have that many national games being played this year. We've yeah. had one one game played already this year, and then we've got this weekend, and then the next one's coming in October and November. Uh, we do have this. We do have the world, the and it's a real world nines. It's a nines rugby league world cup, which will be at Parramatta, which will be pretty cool to go and see. Um, but we, I think the thing is, we need more things like that. I think that if and that look, they're trying to set the international calendar for a number of years going ahead. I think if we had tournaments like that, more tournaments like that to look forward to and know that were set in stone, it, it's going to be better for the international game. Um, the good thing is we're moving in the right direction now. You know, there was a long time there where it was difficult to get any international footy played, even between Australia and New Zealand, seemed to be just an effort to keep that going. And now we're seeing all of these other teams are getting games and regular games now and Look, it's heading in the right direction, but the more that I don't think we can have too much international rugby league. I don't think there's such thing as that. I think there's too much club football you can have. I don't think you can have too much international rugby league. And I think the thing I want to see is the different teams playing each other. Fiji versus Lebanon is beautiful because it, it would have been very easy to have Fiji playing another Pacific Island nation. But they're playing someone different, and that is that is the great thing to see. So we need more games like that. We need to see a mix of these teams playing one another. I would love for France to come over for one of these games. I love watching France play. I've said for a long time, the, French, the international French team, when they're on song, they play rugby league better than any other form of rugby league you will ever see. They play it with a beauty and a style that it is supposed to be played with. And I would love to see them come over for one of these mid-season um, international windows. I think it'd be great. Yeah, it's... it's and that's the thing, that we have quite a large number of, of international rugby league teams now. Mm, yeah. There's no reason why they can't all be playing at least one game every year. Yeah. You know, and yeah, we need to start getting them playing against other teams, instead of just playing the same ones all the time. You've got to mix it up. They're not going to improve if they keep playing the same quality football against the same teams all the time. Exactly. So, yeah, get them out here. Get, get Greece playing against, you know, Fiji. Yeah, yeah. It's like just all, all of them. I want to see how a bunch of dudes from Greece play against a bunch of dudes from Fiji. That's the beauty of international football. And the more the more we can do that, the better it's going to be for the game overall. Absolutely. Think of the experience for those players too. Um, yeah. Be absolutely brilliant. 
and that's that's and that's Greece without Braith and Astor playing. By the way, <laughs> do you mean the, the the equal highest single game point scorer in the history of international rugby league, Braith and Astor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, also this weekend we have on Friday night the women's state of origin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it's been played at North Sydney Oval, but um, mm. they've played a few out there now. I'd love to see that being played at Bankwest. Oh, um, it would be great. That are stunning games of footy. Um, we've also I th- got I've the... said this before. I think that women's rugby league is one of the top sports you can watch that is women's sport where it is it is so exciting. Like, you don't feel like you're missing something because they rip in. They absolutely rip and tear in. It's so cool to watch. And I'm I'm with you. I don't know why it's been played at North Sydney, but, you know, they, you know, maybe it's a really cool night out there. I don't know. But Bankwest Stadium, I think they would have got a pretty rude crowd at Bankwest Stadium for it. Absolutely. Um, I agree on all those points. Also on Saturday, we have... The women's test match between Fiji and Papua New Guinea. Yep. And also New Zealand versus Samoa. Yep. So those are going to be another two great games to watch. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to be uh, broadcast. I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to find out during the week. I'd I'd hope so. I hope so too. That'd be great to see. I'm, I'm really curious to see, knowing how the Papua New Guinea men play, yeah, how, exactly. how the Papua New Guinea women would play against the Fijian women. Ah, oh, can you imagine if they tear in the same way? Ah, oh. oh. <laughs> it'd be great. We, we might need paramedics out there for that one. Yeah, yeah, I feel as though the Fijian women would be like almost like the the men's players in that they'd play this like like expansive athletic style of game. And if they're playing against the the PNG women, if they play anything like the men and they're just ripping in, ah, oh, it'd be so cool to watch. <laughs> it'd be like tanks against snipers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I hope that it's on TV. You know, Peter Beatty, if you're listening, and I know you are, I know you are, you got to get this on TV, dude. Come on. Absolutely. So it's a massive weekend of international footy. Um, yeah. Men's and women's, origin games. Uh, geez, if you if you're not able to get out to the grounds to watch it, and you should because they're going to be brilliant. Make sure yeah. you get your backside in front of a box somewhere and watch this because it's going to be great stuff. Um, yeah, I, and, I can't and then, wait. And yeah, it's all capped off by my origin on Sunday night. Yeah, that'll be all right too. <laughs> that, that, that should be a steady way to let everyone down. Fine. <laughs> um, playing in Perth, it's going to be interesting. I I. I don't know if it's a sellout yet or not. Um, we'll find out. The, I mean, everyone says how great the Perth Stadium is. I'm pretty sure that most of the people that you hear on TV saying that haven't actually been to Perth and watched the game in the stadium. So it'll be interesting to see what people actually think once they've they've been to Perth and seen a sporting event at the stadium. Um, but I think it'll be a, a massive crowd. It's going to be close to a sellout. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I feel as though... It's probably leaning towards Queensland. I think if Queensland wins this second game, we're looking at a clean sweep. I really do. I think that if they can win the second game, they'll have broken New South Wales mentally more than anything. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. New South Wales obviously up against it, having to win this game so that they can make it a a decider in, in Sydney. Um, massive game, massive game for Brad Fittler's coaching career, a massive game for a lot of players in the New South Wales team. And meanwhile, Queensland's just like, oh, yeah, we, we'll just try and win another series. <laughs> they are so cruisy about the whole thing. Yeah. It's yeah. worrying just how calm they are. It really is. It really, really is. It's all just, it's it's setting up perfectly for them. It certainly is. Now... Just in case you didn't catch on the last podcast, we will be doing a live show for an hour before kickoff on Sunday before Origin 2 gets underway. Um, so we'll be doing shout-outs, a few things we're going to talk about on there, not yeah. many. Um, we'll just basically be rambling on a bit occasionally. 
if you want us to, to if you want to ask us questions, you can email them through to podcast at leaguefreak.com. Yep. Or you can, or, and what you should do is follow uh, Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter because when we're when we're live, you'll get a notification on there that we're live, and you can start sending us questions and stuff to that account there, and we can answer them as we go through the show. So get involved on there. You can uh, also send an email, uh, podcast at leaguefreak.com. Um, send through an email and ask any question you like. We'll answer it. It doesn't have, even have to be about rugby league. It can be about whatever you want. We'll yeah. even uh, answer medical questions. Yeah, we answered one in the in the Ask Greenberg one. Someone said that it hurt them to wee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, we told them they had to let us know whether it was an environmental-based one or an anatomy one. Yep, but we never yep. we never got a response back, so, you know. They might no. have died. They, they might have died. They might have died. They might but be dead. So. We can only blame them for not getting back to us with the relevant information so we can exactly. give them the right assistance. Exactly. We try. Um, we do our best. <laughs> That's all we do here. We do our best, and if you live through it, it's a bonus. That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly right. So even if you don't have a question, you just want someone, you just want to go, just say my name. We go, okay. <laughs> Send it through Mungo. We'll say your name. <laughs> exactly. We'll do that. We will do that. Um, okay. Shout outs. Patreon. Rugby League Patreon. Uh, Rugby League Project on Patreon. Go to yep. it. Subscribe yep. to it. Put money into it. Empty your wallet into it. Electricity. You know, it'll be there next month. Just put your money into this. Rugby League Project on Patreon. Um, follow Andrew RLP on Twitter and League Freak on Twitter. Um, Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter. And Fergo Freak Pod on um, Periscope as well. That's another one you can go to. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to it. If you're listening right now, you've got to subscribe. You go into your app. You subscribe to it. That's the best thing you can do. You get the little alerts so that your phone buzzes every time we upload a podcast. Which is, about, which is about every 37 seconds as we're going this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a full-on week. You don't, want to, you don't want to miss all the episodes. Um, another shout-out, Starting Block. Check them at, out on Twitter, at the exactly. Starting Block. Drop the K on the end. There's no K. They've got a big uh, – they're back Wednesdays. What time is it? Is it 8 p.m. that they do it, Australian time? Yes. Yes, because it's, a, it's a later than we did the um, silent podcast, uh, silent live show on Wednesday a few weeks ago. So if you follow the starting block, drop the K at the end on Twitter, and you'll see them go live 8 p.m. Sydney time, and great show. We love them. They're, they're our bay. Them and Aporto, of course. Aporto's my bay. But yeah. uh, our, the starting our our own official sponsor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. As I say, I should have I should have shares in the border. I'd be getting some money back. Um, what else have we got? We've got our websites, hey. Yeah, we've got leaguefreak.com. If you want, yeah. uh, if you want all any sort of opinion on rugby league news, if you go on there today too, there'll be an article up about all of these international games and all the details about them. So squad um, lists, yeah, kickoff times, all that sort of stuff. Um, RugbyLeagueProject.org. If you want statistics on rugby league, there's only one place you go to, and it's Rugby League Project. It's my favourite rugby league site. Far none. It's the best. Go to it and try and find the most obscure stats you can find. Um, absolutely amazing website. It's just got everything. It's just the best. And, and getting better. Yeah, and getting better. And it's like almost complete. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> boy have we got a long way to go and that's yeah. the exciting bit there is so much more just on filling out what we've got on there to finish off um so so much more to go and, and then I, there's all the stuff we want to add in that's not on there not even listed on there yet so yeah and look i'm prepared to say just in terms of how many pages you have on there it's got to be the biggest rugby league website in the world. Has to be like a proper website. I'm not talking forums, forums, please. I'm talking about a, as an actual website. It's got to be the. It's got to be the biggest one by far. I reckon. Yeah, as far as page numbers page numbers go, um, 
we lost count a long time ago. I don't know what it's up to now. It's probably it's one of those things that could go, you know, into the tens of millions because we've now got customized reports. So mm. God knows what you could do with that. Uh, so yeah, it's it'd be massive. Yeah, it's fantastic. I just I love it, and what, like uh, people don't know this, but we spend pretty much every night on rugby league project looking up the most obscure shit <laughs> that people would have no idea. They'd be like, "You two need to get a fucking hobby. <laughs> <laughs> need to get outside." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like go outside for a little bit, you bastards, because we'll be there. And we'll be like, "Oh wow." Look how many games Gravy Yarn scored in. It's like so many obscure fucking stats that we look up and we'll be like, oh, look at this. Oh, this is incredible. So we'll do a stats podcast coming up of the most obscure, weird. We were talking about this last night. Incredible stats that you've never heard of. We'll do that coming up. So look at look forward to that one. We'll go through all the spreadsheets I have in a folder on my computer. That was incredible. That when you said, like, what was I doing this off-season? And you were telling me some of the spreadsheets you'd put together. I was I was impressed. A, a little bit sad, but impressed as well. <laughs> I was ashamed. I was sitting there going, I've got a family, and I sat there doing this instead. Yeah. <laughs> so committed well, I am to you people on that Rugby League Project website. Yeah, exactly. Everything is just pushed into the background, literally. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's all stats all day, all the time. It's fantastic. That's why it's so good. Made by the fans for the fans. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, Get in on that. That'd be fantastic. Um, It's different from my website's um, punchline, which is like leaguefreak.com, I own your soul. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's it's direct. Yeah. There's no beat around the bush there. Now, um, also... Um, Matt Cleary and the Channel 9 Mole have been given Rugby League Project a, a few comments in recent episodes mm-hmm. on, on their very new podcast. Yeah. Um, so check it's that out there. Too. Yeah, check that out if you want to get some some uh, inside oil, I guess, on player movements and things like that. Yeah. They'll, uh, it's a really good podcast. Have a listen to their podcast. We love uh, cross-pollinations of podcasts and stuff. We're not one of these people that feels like, oh, we've got our audience, we've got to hold on to it. It's like, no, listen to all of them, you know? Yes. Uh, another good one, Greenhouse Podcast. Love them. They've got good some one. really good episodes at the yeah. moment. Uh, NRL CEO, they've got a, a bunch of podcasts. Go and check them out. Yeah, Huge uh, fan of NRL CEO. They do a lot of great work, um, especially yeah. if you're interested in playing fantasy rugby leagues. Um, yeah, get involved with those guys. at phenomenal stuff. Um, yeah. They, they love a- the RFP stat stuff too. Yeah, they've been a, a big, big supporter on my site for many, many years. Um, so I've, I, I love those dudes. They're like part of my family now. They're part of the, the League Freak family. Poor cunts. <laughs> <laughs> um, also follow uh, Ben Darwin. At yes. Ben Darwin. Um, he's doing some, some conferences at the moment around the place, mainly Sydney, Melbourne, a few in Perth, I think, too, on mm-hmm. how to make... Um, not just sporting teams, but businesses and stuff better, um, leadership, all that sort of thing. So, oh God, the amount of insight that man has and the amount of work he could do and improvements he could do for your business or your sporting team is phenomenal. So check him out on Twitter or um, Gainline Analytics, which I think is at GL Analytics on Twitter. Um, get all details from there. They are fantastic. Um, support, a good fan of, of uh, the show and Rugby League Project as well. Um, you can listen to an uh, episode we did with him uh, was it two months ago now? Yeah, and he yeah. explains the value and the into great detail of cohesion. Mm. Uh, so fascinating stuff. Uh, so get on to him. Another podcast too was uh, Chasing Kangaroos. Yes, yeah, it's a great podcast. Internationally focused. Uh, they've got a new one up where they they do a podcast. Let me find it. It's with. Uh, the American Rugby League podcast, I believe, Chasing... I'm just looking it up. Here we go, Chasing Kangaroos, because I follow them, as you should too. Uh, new episode, in collaboration, in, in collaboration, not calibration, in collaboration with the Rugby League in America podcast, Michael sits down with Nate, and they drink whiskey and answer your questions in an epic Q&A session. That sounds 
awesome. I haven't listened to that one yet, but that'll be really cool to to listen to that one. That American um, one is pretty good too. I've listened to quite a few episodes of that. It's very good. Yeah. I'll tell you uh, another thing to, to, to do. Buy Inside Sport magazine, man. I mean, James yeah. Smith, you come on. Great interview. We're going to have him on soon again. Uh, get some Inside Sport into you. Uh, they've got Cameron Munster on the cover, and it's a really good interview that they do with him, so check that one out. And he's a league man. He runs a league mag. He runs a sports magazine, but he's a league man. So you know he's, there's going to be regular content on a regular basis in there. And not only that, he's a Panthers supporter. And you know how good Panthers supporters are. They're the best. Poor bloke. How dare you? How dare you? Panthers survivor. That's what we call ourselves. Um, right. Now, the last thing I want to say is, listen, our podcast is going really well. We're putting up record numbers all the time. It's incredible. And we're getting to the point now where we're starting to look for advertisers or sponsors. Either way you want to look at it. So if you've got a small business and you would like to have live reads during a podcast, and we'll start start the podcast with a live read and end the podcast with a live read, live, live read. Um, get in touch with us. There's a thousand ways to get in touch with us. If you're listening to this, you know how to do it. Um, get in touch. We'll talk to you about what we can do for your business or your company or whatever. Uh, you might have a rugby league website you want to get out there, whatever the case may be. Um, we'll, we're, we're starting to look towards getting to that next level with the podcast. So get in touch with us and we'll see what we can do um, as a part. And we're looking for a partner at the end of the day that we can both sort of work towards common goals together and, and really just, you know, it's all about spreading the word. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with us and we'll see what we can do. Spoken like a true advertising genius. I'm a I'm an advertising guru. Actually, let me add that to my bio. <laughs> Damn the Twitter restrictions. Uh, um, and of course, everything I did on there, it'd be like a page, <laughs> page and a half. You'd have to scroll down the list. <laughs> and of course, you can catch me every uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, whenever you want to listen to your. Uh, podcast there on full credit to the boys producing um, stats for the upcoming week's games. It's um, I try to make it as entertaining as possible. Mm, yeah, it's I great. Do need, I do need to thank Mitch Moses for a lot of my content because <laughs> I just do. He's he's such a good source. It's brilliant. <laughs> Is there anything else we can plug? Like we've oh, plugged you know pretty much everything. I mean, I'd like to plug Clipsal for the light bulbs in my study. I really like coffee. Uh What's your favourite colour? <laughs> like, <laughs> We're plugging colours now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like oh. to thank spring water. Spring water. Yeah. Oxygen. Thank oxygen you, nature, for oxygen. Water. Yeah. The nitrogen in the air. I like nitrogen as well. Yes. I like Mars. You know the planet Mars? I like I think it. about the chocolate. I like Mars chocolate as well. I like the ice cream as well. Just saying. There you go. Maybe we should send Mars bars to Mars and see how they go, see if they're compatible. That's going to be you like... know the, the funny thing, it'll happen one day. Like when they get over the fact that we're contaminating all of these places with robots, um, they're going to send, like, I mean, Elon Musk, he did it first. He just was like, I'm sending a car out because I can. And I think that though he was going to send it to go into orbit around Mars, but I feel like NASA said, listen, we can't have a car crashing into Mars one day. So we need you to just send it off into the ether. But one day Mars will send a Mars bar to Mars and imagine it's going to be a glorious time. Imagine the insurance claim for that. Yeah. So how did you, how, what, what's the nature of the accident? Collision. Where? Mars. <laughs> Mars. <laughs> My roadster, just, you know, I, I was going along fine and then a planet ran into it. Hmm. We so, don't have interplanetary insurance policies here. Yeah. Well, have damn you it, seen, you need one. <laughs> have you ever seen that that uh, Futurama episode where they go to the moon and, and where, like, I think it's there's a casino on the moon or something like that. And anyway, they do a chase out, outside along the moon and they end up running into where um, the first moon landing site was. <laughs> it's, it's the best. I love Futurama. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Um, 
Also, I'd like to give a few shout-outs just quickly to um, Arabella Zacchetto. Yes. And Nadine Chilvers. Yep. Our, our lovely ladies who, fo- who follow the podcast. Yeah, they love it. They're yeah. like, they they may be our two top supporters. We love them dearly. And although Arabella the other day, I, I, I tweeted that there was a picture that's uh, made my over ex- ovaries explode, and she said that that's her line, and it's not. It's my line. But now, now we won't have an argument with who's who's ovaries exploding. <laughs> no, no, fuck it. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to have this argument. That's I'll, my I'll, line. Damn it. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I was hoping to to tell Arabella that um, not to get too disheartened because we won't be bashing Newcastle forever. No. Um, I used to live in Newcastle. Oh, and poor it's, it's improved because I left. <laughs> so I've already done something good for Newcastle, so I should be getting some sort of thanks for that. Do you reckon that was the the best um, addition by subtraction in Newcastle since the Mariners went bust? Not the was it the oh, Mariners? It, the Mariners, yeah. It, it'd be close. Yeah. The I was I was going to go the other way, but I. I, I I'm not that sort of a, a cocky human to do it, but I was going to say, ever since I left Newcastle, yeah. they have not played in a grand final. Oh, wow. That's mm. pretty pretty interesting. Mind you, they hadn't played in a grand final or lived there either, so... Yeah, but still, <laughs> I think you can claim it. And uh, I moved, moved to moved to Cronulla after that, and, well, oh, did they you? did play in a grand final. Hang on, a se- hang on a second, hang on a second. And I live in Melbourne now, and they're what? playing grand finals. I'm trying to think. Were you, were you living in Cronulla when there were riots going on there? Shh. You're part of the problem. <laughs> I found the problem. <laughs> it's just it's going from place to place, just destroying it. <laughs> hey, actually, actually, were you in Melbourne when they were systematically rotting the salary cap? Yeah, oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, damn, damn it! Covers Found out. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> Hopefully, no one will tell Brian Waldron about this. Yeah, He's, well, you know, I managed to convince him that it was all his fault. Yeah, everyone right. bought it. <laughs> if, if only they knew where the second set of books come from. You are good with stats, aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> I'll never find the third set of books. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you think Greg Inglis got away with just a boat? Yeah. Uh, heard of the Cayman Islands? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he owns them now. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm, um, that's what she said. <laughs> And on that controversial, magnificent point, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, so we will catch you on Sunday. Make sure you tune in live and listen to us on there. You'll get more of this crazy antics. Mm, 7 p.m. Sydney time. Tune in and just be ready. That's all I'm going to say. Be ready. Be ready. You've been warned. Mm. <laughs> Alrighty, people. Catch you later. <laughs>